Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. Sometimes this world starts breaking me down I get so lost I think I'll never be found And there are moments of fear and doubt Even the best fall to the ground Give him another hand. Woo wee. Sometimes you might not even be feeling it, and you keep on going. Sometimes you may think you don't sound good, but I promise you, you do. <laughs> right? Can I get amen, everybody? Give him another hand. Only one person clap, everybody. <laughs> Woo, you got to get the clues, guys. I'm just joking. <laughs> Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I am excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. If you can't tell, I'm excited. <laughs> I know, I know, I am a ball of energy. Woo, I get it from my daddy. And, and, and it's interesting, because my mom was kind of a slow motion, easy breezy, and then I came, my dad's really jumpy, which some of you guys met him, you know, he's got a lot of energy. And then 
I came out bouncing around, and, now, and then I have four other sisters and brothers, well, two sisters and two brothers who did the same thing. I don't know how my mama did it. <laughs> I don't know how my mama did it. And then I have two uh, who were the same way. And I, I guess I figured out how she did it, huh? I guess I figured it out. So I was um, looking up, you know, cute little jokes or whatever, and I, I heard this little cute story about this um, pastor who was having trouble with his music director at church, right? And so he, oh, you heard it already? That's good, okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> not that I'm having it, it's not me. I just want to tell you, it's not me. But I heard a story about this uh, pastor, and it made me chuckle. He was having issues with his music director, and so he, uh, it started to spill into the service. The music director was using his songs to kind of jab at the, at the pastor. So one time the pastor gets up and says, um, talks about being a giver, right? And so the music director got, he's thinking, he got up there and he's saying, Jesus get paid at all, right? So then the, the pastor's like, okay, whatever. So the next Sunday he gets up and he plays, he starts talking about not gossiping, right? And the, and the music director gets up there and sings, I like to tell the story, <laughs> right? So it kept on going and kept on going and kept on going. And then the pastor got frustrated. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and resign. So he's like, maybe my time here is up. So on his last day, he's talking to the congregation. And he says, well, you know, Jesus brought me here and Jesus is taking me away. And the director got up there and said, what a friend we have in Jesus. Talk about a going home ceremony. <laughs> Woo. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That was, I thought that was so funny. So this month, we've been talking about the theme, Make a Difference, right? And we were using the scripture that came from Luke chapter 6 in his verse. Wait, let's find it. Let me find it. I had to get my little toy. Okay, so this is in Luke chapter 4, and it's actually verses 16 through 21 is what I'm talking about. And I'll just um, reiterate this a little bit. It's a story where Jesus has just accepted his call to ministry. He has just got out of the wilderness, and he is in a synagogue where he's been going in Nazareth for, his, for years, all his life. But at this point, he stands up to read from the scroll. So they hand it to him, the attendant hands it to him, and he reads and what he reads is from, it starts at chapter, at uh, verse 18, and it reads, the, Lord had, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and, discover, and to uh, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let's see if I can put this. And today, as we talk about the theme, make a difference. Last week, I, talk, I spoke on the first scripture that came after when he claimed that he would, that was his way of claiming he, that he was the Messiah. Because after he said that, and he sat down and everybody looked at him because he was talking like he was authority, like it was about him. You ever had somebody when you knew what you was talking about, they look at you like, who do you think you are? Well, they were looking at him like, who do you think you are? And in that moment, while he had all the eyes on him, he had dropped the mic. He had all the eyes on him. He said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And I'm saying to you again that today, 
this scripture has been fulfilled in our hearing. Because last week we talked about bringing good news to the poor, and this week we're going to talk about proclaim release to the captives. And we're going to still use the scripture. But the part that I want to use is the second part that says, and I want you to read that to me where it says he has sent, read it to me, with me. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. Now, I have that last verse on here, to, uh, verse 19, highlighted as well. Because the verses before that, starting with to bring good news to the poor and going down to let the oppressed go free, those are aspects in our state of being where we block ourselves from, from feeling God's favor. And so as we release each one of these aspects in our consciousness, as we begin to speak good news to the poor within ourselves, we become an authority to be able to speak it and be the example of it to others. And as we this week work on proclaiming release to the captives, we will be that as well. Now, as I was working through this, it was awesome because I had already had a, um, some slides put together. And then in the last minute yesterday, I was going to send them, but I was told to wait. And it's awesome how God works because there are times when God's working on me for me. And I'm thinking, and it's for us, it's for the congregation as well. So as I come up to present, it's what's for everybody. But then there's those other times that I think God's preparing me for everybody, and God's just working on me for me. That's my business with God. So God shifted the, the, this a little bit today. And then I read, I, start, I uh, read the daily word for today, again, authenticity. And I was like, got it. When you are not being your authentic, your authentic self, authentic self, you're holding yourself back. When you choose to play small, you're holding yourself back. When you choose to not even step in the arena, you're holding yourself back. How many times do we live our life doing that? You know, uh, when I was in high school, I was a smart little cookie. And I made it to, I had an opportunity to go to Cass or go to Renaissance. My sweetheart went to Renaissance. <laughs> There's a thing where we have between us and Renaissance. I ended up marrying the enemy. But, but God said, to love your enemies. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just joking. But, but there was. There was a little rivalry between the two. And so I decided to go to Cass because they had a track team. And I had been practicing all summer. My dad even made these little hurdles. We had these um, benches from a, pic a picnic set, table set with little chairs and stuff. He made me little hurdles, and I was fast. And I outran everybody in the neighborhood, and I wanted to run track, right? But then I found out you had to wear shorts. <laughs> and I didn't do it because I was so embarrassed about my legs. Growing up, I was teased, and I was called bird legs and sticks and all that stuff, and that stuck with me. And I, did, I kept seeing myself running and hearing people calling names at me, bird legs, sticks, and all of that thing. And it stopped me from playing big. I didn't even step in the arena, and I was ready to step in the arena because the lady who did end up, who I went to uh, um, middle school with, her name was Tracy Thomas. And she were, and I were in middle school together, and we used to race, and I was faster than her. I was faster than her. So I knew I could do well because she would win all the meets. But I didn't step in the arena 
because I was too afraid to be teased. I was too scared to be teased. I didn't wear skirts or shorts for a long time because I was too afraid that somebody was going to look at my bird legs and call me bird legs and sticks and tease me. And the ladies in the, the, the young ladies in the, in the neighborhood grew and, and kind of got voluptuous, and I didn't. And that teased me as well. That, that stuck with me as well. So there's a lot of stuff I did not do because I was too nervous about being talked about. I played it small. I played it real small. How many of you have done that? Worried about what somebody else would say. Worried about some, how somebody else would criticize you. I was listening to Brene Brown yesterday, and she said something. She was, she was sharing about, did I put it in here? Nope. Oh, I did. Good. She was sharing uh, that, see, I had to put some stuff in there so I had to remember. Roosevelt, uh, Theodore Roosevelt said this quote, and it hit me deeply. He said, it is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out the strong, uh, the, uh, points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done better, done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, who, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strides valiantly, who at his best knows that in the, in the end, the triumph of a high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Today, as we proclaim release to the captives, we're going to do that by releasing that that is stopping us from playing big. Where in your mind, what thoughts are you working on? What is it in your attitude? What is it in the story that you're telling yourself? What is it in, that you're afraid of that's keeping you from being your authentic self? And then when I read today's thing, I was like, yes. I was afraid to get up in public. I was afraid to do, in my speeches, I hated. I would stand right behind the podium where you could not see me. And if the podium was short, I was like, shoot. Because I couldn't hide. I spent a lot of my life being a supporter of people and helping people and making people feel good. And because if I made them feel good, then there would be nothing in them that would make me feel small. Anybody know about that? Today, I want you to look in your mind past those things that you're telling yourself why you can't do something. Past those things that are keeping you from playing it big. I had to let go of that. God kept pushing me. God kept pushing me. I started ministerial school back in 2007. And the person I was with at the time, every time I started to shine, would say something that would hurt my feelings and I would lower myself down again. You ever seen that little ball thing that uh, as you, you open it, it contracts out. I wish I had one I could bring it. And then you close it back in and it opens up. Every time I'd open up, he'd say something, or people around me would say something, and it'll close back in. My dad told me when I told him I was going to be a minister, are you ready to take a vow of poverty? I'm like, I ain't going to be poor. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I ain't ready to take a vow of poverty. What he meant is, are you ready to let go of everything that you know and come be to God empty as if you have nothing and let God fill you up? 
That's what he meant. And I'm asking you the same thing. Are you willing to let go of that which is holding you back from saying what you need to say, from speaking up for yourself, from doing what you really want to do in life? Are you ready to let that go? Being feeling small. Because I promise you, the best lessons in the world are not the ones where you go somewhere and it's easy for you. The best lessons in the world is when you do it no matter what anybody else says and you feel good about it anyway because that goodness that you feel, you walk away with it and they walk and they sit there with their crappy thoughts in their minds about you. That energy fills them up. And most of the time, the people who are feeling that way and criticizing you is because they wish they were in your spot in the arena playing a game. Stop being a spectator in your life. Stop being a spectator of somebody else's life. Create your own life. Release those thoughts that are holding you captive from going further. Expand your territory. Move past what's comfortable for you. Because what's comfortable for you, you've already mastered. Move into what's not comfortable to you and strengthen that spiritual muscle of who you are. Let God walk through you in your authentic self of who you are. Do you know really who that is? Honestly, you don't. Because you are spirit expansive and infinite. There's nothing in you that knows and can tap into the authentic in infinity that you are. But you can try and you can step into expanding yourself more and more. And as you expand yourself more and more, you move in that place. Those naysayers, you can laugh at because you're on the field enjoying yourself. Now watching, wishing. I wish I could take that time back. I wish I could go in there and run that race. I know I will win. And that's the thing when you don't do it and you know you can win and you don't even get out there and do it, but you know you can do it. That's the worst feeling. And so when my son said he wanted to run, so sure, he wasn't as fast as me, but he wanted to run, right? And he got out there. He, he would be one of the last three, him and his friend, but he was faster than his buddy. But he did it. He did it. He, and I pushed him as far as, yes, keep going, keep going, go stronger, you can go further. Does she think I should practice? Yes, go ahead and practice. When he would be out playing baseball and he'd fall and hurt himself, get on up and get back out there. This is what you wanted to do. Go do the best that you can. Did you have fun? That's all that matters. My dad used to tell us two things that really stuck with me. You can please some of the people all of the time. You can even please all of the people some of the time, but you cannot please all of the people all of the time, so why try? The only one that you need to truly please is you. And the only way you can really truly please yourself, honestly speaking, is if you be truly who you are. What was that affirmation again? Let me open this up. I want us to say that. What was that affirmation, God? Tell it to me. You remember it? I am free to be my true self. Together, I am free to be my true self. Now, let me go back to the other scripture that I had on here. So this is what it means. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 6. To set the mind on the flesh is death. I killed my opportunity to be that expression of the winner I knew I was. I killed it by focusing on what other people would say about me. And then it says, say the rest of it with me. 
But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Do you know how much joy I would have felt if I had lived big when I was younger? Our lessons now take and learn from them. Take and learn from them. Wherever it is in your mind that you feel you fell short. I let go of my dream to be a minister because I let the minister who I was married to, who knew that people appreciated my message more than his, stop me. And when I realized that wasn't where I was supposed to be, I left. I left that relationship. Now, I don't, I won't, I'll say it a different way. I believe strongly in marriage but I also believe in being married to the right person. And I have the right person now. But I had to let go of that, which I was used to, which was crit ridicule, criticism, doubt, all of that stuff, which the truth was he was reflecting who I was being to myself. You cannot proclaim release to the captives if you're captive yourself. You can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. That's why when Peter, one of the disciples, was in jail, he'd be singing. He even had the, the guards singing with him. He was proclaiming release to the captives, and he was in jail. He might have been shackled physically, but his mind was not. His mind was with God. Put your mind with God. Ask, where can I move further into who I am? Does that make sense? The other thing my father used to tell me, and he, it was funny because I, I didn't play with the kids in the neighborhood so much. I was, I, I was always different. Anybody been different in your, in your, anybody different? I like just stand out like a sore thumb, a green thumb? That's me. I just, I always stood out. And so I would just sit back and watch them play. They'd be across the street. My father would say, and it's interesting when you're little, you hear these things and you don't take them in, but you, they, they stay with you. He would say, you can put 10 people across the street from you. And somebody, some of them are going to like you, some of them are not. That's your life, Kelly. There will be some who will be in your field and there will be some who will not. He would say, that does not matter. I thought it mattered. Seriously. That was the world to be, ooh, especially a teenager. That's everything. But you know, some people are still taking that teenage world, that teenage life and teenage mentality into their world right now. Into their 60s, 70s, and 80s and still playing small because they're too nervous about being criticized or bullied. Put it away. But set your mind on what? The spirit and its life and peace comes out of it, right? We're going to move into this affirmation. I'm not going to beat, your heads, beat you guys up with this. We're just going to move to the next. I'll keep, I forgot it's up there. Let's read this first affirmation. I am no longer willing to play it small. When I got to the point where I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to be a minister, I had to start seeing myself in the arena. And I went back to ministry. I had to start seeing myself and being willing and ready to do it. And I did it. And it was not easy. It was not easy. Because every single six months, I had to go up before a board, two boards of, uh, of ministers, and do a talk in front of them and then answer all these questions about myself, about how I show up and all this stuff. And the moment when I first started, I was telling them what I, want, what they, I thought they wanted to hear. 
And I kept feeling bad every time I left. Like, why am I? I told them what they wanted to hear. They were happy with me. They were excited with me. Oh, you're going to be a good minister. you got to promise to me. But I kept feeling bad. I don't feel right. Because I wasn't telling them what I was told to tell them. I was telling them what they wanted to hear. I was playing it small. I was shrinking myself down. When you play God's arena, when you're in God's field, you're big. And you feel authentic in it. And you feel real. So after about the third time, I started going in there and telling them what I really was, what I really felt, and telling them the real. And that is when I got even more, you're really going to be a good minister. You're really stepping into that person, that presence inside that is God. You've got to be the real. That's just the truth. Let's read this second affirmation. I am willing to get in the arena. Is anybody willing to get in the arena, in the arena with me? Make yes. a difference in this world by being authentically who you are. You got to be real. You're going to say this because I'm taking this as covenant with me. I'm taking this as a covenant with me. I promise you, as I stepped into where I am now as your minister, I decided not to play it small. Let's do the second one together. I am ready, willing, and able to play it big. Now, I've had moments where I've messed up, but I tried. I've had moments in the messing up that I got it because that way didn't work. And I've gotten where I've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and kept on messing up. But I still got, and that was the dusty face and the bloody that he was talking about, that Roosevelt, uh, uh, President Roosevelt was talking about. But I got in the game and I got stronger in it. Are you willing to get, are you willing to feel broken at those times where you might feel like you failed? Are you willing to do that? In striving to win it and go big, are you willing to do that? Yes. You know when there are those people in the World Series, those the two teams are in the World Series, somebody has to win, right? Yep. But then there's the other ones who did not, right? right yep. But they still made it to the World Series. They still made it. We're in the World Series. Whatever major league or whatever football, NFL, whatever you want to call it, we're in that. We're in that. And we're in this thing together, right? Yes. Let's say that together. We're in this thing together. Together? We're in this thing together. Stand up. Those of you who can. And let's say this twice. Again, two more times. Together? I will be my authentic me. One more time. I will be my authentic me. That is the best way that you can proclaim release to the captive is show them how to do. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's get into me lately in the middle of my little night.
This is the stuff you 